Star Wars 7x7 episode 2438. It's a Spinner Sunday episode, and today we're going to be talking about a story that came out a couple of years ago and is actually a prelude to the whole Alphabet Squadron trilogy. Punch it. <laughs> Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, the comic series TIE Fighter was a five-issue limited series that came out in advance of the original Alphabet Squadron novel. It was written by Jody Hauser, and apparently it was a whole thing in concert with Lucasfilm and Del Rey as well, so there was some coordination there that happened, which, you know, is probably not all that surprising when it's tying into a novel, but it's also, you know, part of this whole larger storytelling initiative situation, and I guess in its way kind of presages the whole idea of the, you know, cross-platform, cross-media storytelling that's been happening, and comics has been doing that more and more. I mean, when you think of, say, for example, the Fallen Temple series that preceded Jedi Fallen Order, for example, and it's just another way of showing that, yeah, they're doing tie-ins to other stories in other media. But we're here to talk about the story of TIE Fighter, which is really two stories in specific, and it takes place right before the fall of the Empire. And this is spoiler territory, but the story is two years old at this point, so I don't think, you know, we need to worry too much about that. And it doesn't actually really follow any of the main players of Shadow Wing, in the sense that uh, Colonel Norris appears, grandmother from Alphabet Squadron, and also Soren Keys, who is the major player all the way through the Alphabet Squadron trilogy. Uh, he shows up briefly, and Erica Qualls shows up in the epilogue of one issue as well. But otherwise, really, the players are not ones who are you know, really vital to the overall Alphabet Squadron trilogy storytelling on the shadowing side of the house. Although, funnily enough, there's a character, Bansu Ro, who is a cadet that joins Shadow Wing after Squadron 5 suffers a couple of losses over the course of this limited series. And Bansu Ro actually appears in the epilogue of Victory's Price. And, you know, that also has to do with a character that goes and finds Bansu Ro. But it's a character from Alphabet Squadron, and I'm not going to tell you who it is because that gets into the whole who lives, who dies on the Victory's Price side of things. So we're not ready to talk about that quite on the podcast here just yet. So because of the fact that the major players in Shadowing only appear very briefly and not intrinsically to the storytelling of the TIE Fighter series, in that sense, it's kind of very loosely connected to the whole Alphabet Squadron situation. And there are essentially two stories within this five-issue limited series. One of them has to do with a Star Destroyer that is having some sort of hyperdrive problems and can't join up with a massive fleet movement that's happening, which you get the idea, though it's not really said outright, that this is the massive fleet movement to Endor to prepare for the battle that happens in Return of the Jedi. And Colonel Ress talks about how, you know, if everything goes according to plan, that the rebellion will be over in a few days. So you know that it's right at the end 
of that situation. And so it turns out that an admiral has, for all intents and purposes, defected from the Empire, but, you know, not necessarily joined the Rebels, although he is apparently trying to sell at least the Star Destroyer and the mining facility that he has taken over to the Rebels, and that you know, doesn't go over so well. Shadow Wing is able to recapture the Star Destroyer, the Celerity, and get the troopers underneath this rogue admiral to basically rebel against the defecting admiral and go back to being Imperial loyalists. And so they're able to get the Star Destroyer out of the system before the rebels are able to either A, buy it, or B, destroy it, or C, capture it. However, that would have gone down. But in the course of this, as I sort of mentioned or at least alluded to earlier, one of Shadow Wing's pilots gets killed and it turns out that that particular pilot was planning on defecting to the Rebel Alliance. Not necessarily during this mission, it seems? I don't know, that part was a little bit unclear, but they basically found the little communicator that she'd had stashed in her quarters after she died and they were clearing out her stuff or whatever. And so it turns out that there is a ship, which basically, if you remember the rebel transports that we saw leaving Hoth and the you know two fighters against the Star Destroyer, right? You know, those types of rebel transports. Well, the rebels had been operating a place where Imperials could defect to safely and the Empire was trying to find it, but they were trying to find a base and it wasn't actually a physical, you know, located base on a planet or, you know, asteroid or planetoid or anything like that. It was a mobile defection point and it was one of these rebel transports. And so the first three issues are them taking back the Star Destroyer and uh, dealing with the mining operation that the Imperial Defector had dealt with. And then moving on to issues four and five where they go find this mobile defection base and blow it up. And upon their return from this mission at the end of issue five, that's when there is a general announcement on the Star Destroyer. This is the Star Destroyer Pursuer, where Shadow Wing is based. And they hear that the second Death Star has been destroyed and that the Emperor was on board the Death Star and is presumed dead. And so you get that particular moment, which is really stunning in its way and you know the Shadow Wing's reaction to it is you know you know what now and uh, Bruce who is the leader of Squadron 5 who also then becomes a you know, senior helper to Soren Keys in the Shadow Wing novels says well there, you know there's a chain of command so you know something's going to happen this is still going to go on as an empire so we're just going to continue to follow orders and that's where things get left but knowing how the events unfold over the next couple of weeks in the timeline where you know some people try to quash the news and then factions develop within this like it's really interesting to see that moment at the end where people are really getting to hear the unfiltered actual truth that oh my gosh the death star really was blown up and it really was the end of the empire so it was a good story it's not necessarily a how shall I say? Uh, it's not a critical story. It's not a story that, you know, if you miss it, then, you know, you've missed out on something hugely important to the overall, you know, framework of Star Wars storytelling. It's just a good story. 
And there is one thing on the artistic side of things that I thought was really great that I hadn't seen before, but then again, I'm not reading a lot of comics either. The TIE Fighter pilots themselves, obviously you can't tell who's who when they have their helmets on, but in these particular issues, they actually kind of put a clear sort of shape of a TIE Fighter helmet over the pilot, so that way you could actually see their faces, you could see their reactions and emotions to things as they were going through the storytelling and things were happening. And I thought that was actually a very smart and neat thing to encounter. I hadn't seen that before. So there you go. That is the scoop with the TIE Fighter Limited series for our Spinner Sunday episode. And that's going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.